Amen. While you're turning, I would also uh, like to mention that we have prayer meeting on Monday night, which is the first Monday. And for all those that can stay, real quickly, 30 to 45 minutes afterwards, if you're available, we want to do a quick clean cleanup. Sister Linda does a great job, but we have ladies' conference, and if we can just kind of do a deep clean, uh, I promise we won't keep you long uh, if you're able to. If not, I certainly understand, but we'll have a list of tasks that we want to accomplish, and we try, we'll try not to be longer than 30 to 40 minutes if you can help. Thank you very much. Amen. The Bible says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to preach for a little while, and this title will not make sense, if, but just give me a little time on the purpose of the pressing. The purpose of the pressing. Lord bless you. You may be seated tonight. Amen. God's desire for humanity has always been, will always be, that humanity lives in a state of freedom, a state of liberty. Adam and Eve, they had the the uh, entire Garden of Eden. They had one rule. Avoid that tree in the Garden of Eden. Isn't it amazing how we, due to our sinful nature, we want what we can't have. They had the entire garden. I don't know what it looked like, but if it was before sin entered the picture, I can tell you it was paradise. They had dominion over all of the animals. It was, it was what you and I would dream about visiting, a dream vacation, much less to live in that place. But here they got their eyes fixed on what they couldn't have. And that's when the enemy began to come in there and began to deceive them. He didn't just, he didn't lie, he deceived, he twisted a truth. Did God really say? And he created within them an appetite for what they couldn't have. Thus causing humanity to spiral into sin. The, the nature of humanity has changed forever. And God knew from that very moment when he killed the innocent animal that that was not an act of judgment, but that was an act of mercy. He provided a covering by the skin for that naked human. But more importantly, it was the first time that blood began to run down and touch that soil. And it was a foreshadow of what was to happen when that lamb 
provided a covering on Calvary. When that blood touched that soil, it began to speak and say, I release them from their sin. One drop of blood, my friend, provided a way of escape. It still flows from Calvary's hill and it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley and there's not a person that can walk into a church that the blood can't reach. I'm thankful for the blood today. Come on, clap your hands and give him praise. It was, it was the blood that provided the liberty I know the Bible says now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But before that capital S could be given to humanity, it had to be because of the blood. And the blood was shed. And the Bible said when that blood was shed, that it provided the eternal sacrifice for you and I, which made way... For the capital S, the spirit that is liberty. Friends, sin is horrible. Sin still holds people in its clutches. And sin does not show you the consequences. Sin just entices. It's like going through the mall and looking in the window. They don't put their junk in the window. They put their nicest stuff. They don't have clearance in the window. They have the high price stuff in the window. And sin doesn't show you the drug addict that's strung out so high that he's lost his life. But sin shows you the pretty stuff. Sin shows you the enticing stuff. But don't be fooled. The Bible still says the wages of sin is death. Hey friend, sin is going to lead you down a road that you never thought you'd be. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. Now the Lord is that spirit and the Holy Ghost is in this place tonight. There's liberating power in this place tonight. There's blood in this place tonight. You don't have to leave here the same way. Hey, this is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Be ye followers of me even as I also am of Christ. Christ is the standard. He's the one that we're aiming to be like. I don't want to be like the apostle Paul. Paul didn't save me. In fact, if you heard Billy Cole share the testimony, Billy Cole, prophet, worldwide revival, used mightily, and yet to the end of his life, for the last several years, and I'm not speaking disparagingly, this is just the facts, his health was in such a poor condition that he was not able to travel, he was not able to minister, that's not taking away from everything that he was used and accomplished, that was just the reality. But he told this testimony. He said, Lord, look at me. He said, I've spent my entire life trying to be like the disciples and to be used like they were used. And the Apostle Paul, 
And he was talking to the Lord in, 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 in a sort of a pitiful way. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you've spent all your time trying to be like them, but not being like me. Friend, we're not called to be like the apostles. We're not called to be like the disciples. Those are mortal men that needed the Holy Ghost just like you and I. But there was one that was greater. And that's who my eyes are fixed on today. I want to be changed from this image to glory, from glory to glory. I don't understand the fullness of it now. But there's going to come a day when mortality is going to put on immortality. When death can't sting me no more. Because I put my eyes on Jesus. Jesus. My eyes have to be upon the Lord. Paul understood that. He knew the danger of following people. He knew the danger of giving an ear to the wrong people. Hear me. You can listen to people and they will lead you down the wrong path. This is what Paul spoke to them. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, he said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Here's a group of people that Paul's looking at saying, I can't believe you. I, 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 I mar-, he said, I marvel. In other words, I'm, I'm looking at you with amazement, not in a good way. But I'm amazed how somebody who has already tasted of the goodness of God experienced that liberty of the Spirit, been born again of water and of the Spirit, how you can so easily and so soon be removed from what you knew as truth. I want to remind someone tonight, there's only one truth, period. And your opinion is not truth. Your opinion is frail and feeble at best. But this book right here, the Bible said that the grass withereth and the flower fadeth. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Friend, don't you listen to the opinion of people that did not die for you. But you better be based upon a book that is forever settled. And it's never changing. Paul said, I can't believe you. I cannot believe. He said, scripture goes on to say, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Twist it. Change it away from its original intended use. He said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let him be accursed. Then he said this, as we said before, so say I now again. In other words, this is so important. I'm fixing to tell you twice. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Because there were people in that day that crept in unaware and began to say, well, I know Paul said that, but we really don't have to do that. It don't have to be that hard. 
Let me just tell you. The Bible said this is our reasonable service. I don't try to preach this thing so hard that nobody can live it. But I also know that there's a danger in not preaching anything and letting people live however they want to live because I don't want no blood on my hands. I want to be able to say, God, I preach the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Come on, if you love that truth, clap your hands unto God. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory. Paul said, now I see through a glass darkly. What does that mean? That means it's like looking into a mirror. I can't see all the way through. I'm seeing reflection of glory, but not the totality of glory. But then it says, are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is not just talking about the event when the rapture takes place and we're changed. For this is talking about a continual process whereby we are changed from glory to glory. And I begin to pray today. The Lord begin to speak to me. I begin to ask Him how. Are we changed from glory to glory? How does this process work? If it's not a one-time thing, it's a lifetime thing. And the Lord spoke a word into my spirit. I want to preach on that word tonight. It's simply the word press. I begin to pray and I begin to study on this word press. And if you'll listen over the next few moments, I believe God's going to help us and give us some direction. The word press is only mentioned nine times in the entire Bible. And as I looked at, looked at it and I began to study it, it, it pertains to three different scenarios in our life. The word press in the word of God is applicable regarding our past, our present, and our future. So let's look at the past first. If you study in the Old Testament, they had what they call, actually in the New Testament too, they had a press. It was known as a wine press or a grape press or an oil press. And so as I began to study that out, the Lord began to speak to me. And he began to say the first type of press as children of God that they're going to experience is when I press them. And he said the sole reason that they're going to be pressed is to be like Jesus. And so as I begin to look at the, all the scenarios of a press, and I've said it before, whether it was an olive press or it was a great press, they had what they called treaders, and they were literally people that would walk round and round in these big presses, and they would put enough pressure to break the skin but not crush the seed. Because if the seed was crushed, then it would become bitter. 
And God allows things to come into our life. And they are literally circumstances that are designed to press us. Because when God puts us in the press, it's when we are conformed to his image. It's when we are made to become like him. It's when we are made to get all of the impurities out of us so we can leave those things in our past and we can reflect the image and the glory of God. If you look at a woman who gives birth the natural way, forces a child, forces that baby to go through a narrow opening, a tight place because it's God's way of squeezing the amniotic fluid out of that baby and out of those lungs. That's why when a baby is born via cesarean section, they have to do a whole lot of suctioning because it avoided the tight place. It avoided the way that God designed that baby to be purified of everything that was in it. Friend, if you're going to be like God, he's going to put you through a tight place. If you're going to be like Christ, you got to go through some, some scenarios where God says, i got to do the pressing in your life. I've got to do some work in your life because i got to get some stuff out of you and i got to leave it in your past. This is what... This is what the writer said. He said in Isaiah 3, he said, And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Verse 21, And thine, eye, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way. Walk you in it. Friend, I can look back over my life. And I can, I can remember the times. Watch this, what it said. It said, the Lord give you the bread of affliction and the water of adversity. We want to talk all day about fighting hell. We want to talk all day about the enemy doing this and the enemy doing that. But let's talk about when God serves you a plate of affliction and when God gives you a drink of adversity. We're not going to blame Satan for it. We're going to talk about when God sees something in you that he's got to get out of you. And the only way he's going to get rid of that doubt is going to put you in a place where you got to trust him. When he's going to say, get you some bread of affliction and get you some water of adversity. David said before I was afflicted, I went astray. But when God served me the bread of affliction, now I know where I need to be. When God gives you the bread of affliction and the cup of adversity, oh, oh, it may look like a wilderness, Moses. That you're going to spend 40 years running away from your past. And I'm going to leave some stuff in your past. But you better realize, Moses, I'm preparing you. Because before you can lead millions of people through a wilderness, I've got to teach you how to live in a wilderness. And before you can tell somebody else what it's like to learn how to trust God, God's got to put you in a place where you've got to learn to trust him. Because you're going to come out with who am I preaching? 
preaching to tonight uh, where you're wondering why what you're eating tastes so bad. It's because God's trying to get some stuff out of you to make you more like him. God, I don't understand why I'm being pressed so hard. God never asked you to understand him. He asked you to trust him. And God would never expect you to do something that he wouldn't do himself. That's why we go to Gethsemane. You know what Gethsemane literally was? It was a grove of olives olive trees and it had an olive press because the greatest struggle was not Calvary it was when God had to press himself Father if it be possible let this cup what was in the cup it was the water of adversity that the prophet spoke about in the book of Isaiah. Because God would not ask you to do something that he wouldn't first do himself. He said, nevertheless, if I have to drink it, if I have to go through with it, I will. Not my will. You say he was a man that knew no sin. Why would he have to be pressed? Because the one thing that he had to get out of his way was his will. And you may not struggle with certain sins, but I can tell you what's trying to rise up every day, and that's your own will. And God will allow you to go through seasons in life for the sole purpose of putting your will on the altar. It's got to get squeezed out of you. Because all that stuff has to stay in your past. The next press that we read about in the book of Mark deals with your present. When God presses you, it's to make you like Jesus. But the purpose of the press in the present form is to get to Jesus. Because here we find in Mark chapter 5, Bible said that there were so many people, the Bible called it the press. Because you got a lot of people that want to be around Jesus, but don't want anything from Jesus. You got a lot of people that want to go to church, that just don't want to change. They want to be a part of the club. But they don't want to get close enough to be different. But there was one. The Bible said she spent all that she had. And she was nothing better. But rather grew worse. But the Bible said she came in the press behind. She didn't even want Jesus to lay hands on her. She had enough faith. She said all I need is a fringe. Just let me touch the clothes. And I'm going to be made whole. I don't need fanfare. I don't need publicity. I don't need recognition. I don't need anybody to know my business. I just need Jesus. See that second dimension deals with today. 
Do you want to come to church to be at church? Or do you want to come to Jesus to press your, come to church to press your way to Jesus? Because if you want to press your way to Jesus, then there's miracles, there's signs, there's wonder, there's deliverance, there's power, there's answers to prayer. Here she is and she touches in the Bible and, and, and she shies back. She touched him. I got what I need. I, got, I don't even need him to know I'm here. But when you press to impress, you'll leave changed. Jesus wasn't impressed with all the ones that were thronging him. He wasn't impressed with them. They were just there. It was the one that had enough faith to press all the way through that impressed Jesus. Because he stopped and said, who touched me? See, Jesus understands the difference between a touch and a touch of faith. A lot of people reach out to Jesus. A lot of people want to be in the vicinity of Jesus. But they don't press enough to touch him. And to get changed by his power. I was praying today, talking to the Lord about this past Sunday. If you were not here, I'm telling you, it was a genuine, organic visitation of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that it needs to be more like that uh, more often than not. And, and, and I asked the Lord, I said, what happened? I would love to say that, uh, that it was my teaching, but I didn't even... I just got up here and started talking. I didn't even touch my lesson. And the Lord said they started pressing. And he said when they started pressing, nobody ran the aisles. Nobody jumped up and down. Nobody twirled around. Nobody did anything except they started pressing. And Jesus spoke to my heart this afternoon and said, nothing gets my attention more than when people start pressing their way beyond the status quo, beyond where they've normally been. He said, I'll always respond to somebody that's pressing. I'm telling you, church, when we press, when we push, when we move beyond the borders of normalcy, God will always meet us. Come on, start clapping your hands right now. Somebody shout press. The purpose of the pressing. We're pressed by him to leave everything in our past and to become like him. We press in the present to get to him. Paul said, I die daily. I got to get to Jesus. I got to get to Jesus. But then there's a third kind of pressing. We must press persistently to spend eternity with Jesus. Every day, you got to make up in your mind, I'm going to live for God. I don't care what anybody else does around me. I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to be swayed by people who don't, won't stand next to me at eternity. Now, I want to paint this picture for you so you understand it clearly. There will be one throne. And on that throne will be Jesus Christ. 
And when you consider how many billions of people have been on this planet, every single person that had a soul will stand in that line. And time will not matter because time will be no more. And every person will have to give an account for their life. So with that in mind, why would I give ear to people that will not be standing there to vouch for me? But Paul, Paul spoke so plainly. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Every day I've got to make up my mind fresh and anew. I may have fallen down yesterday. I may have made a mistake yesterday. But as for today, I'm going to get up and I'm going to live for God and I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm here to tell someone you need to keep pressing. You need to keep pressing. I don't care how many times you messed up. I don't care how many times you've fallen. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. If you will just start pressing, I press because my future hangs upon how hard I press. I question people's desperation when they make no outward display to pursue God. Let me tell you, if your house was on fire, everybody would know it. You're just not going to go Yep, it's burning down my whole life. If your house was on fire, nobody would have to question how you felt. Let me tell you, every day it's Satan's desire to burn your world down. It's Satan's desire to cause you. He don't care how you miss heaven. He just wants you to miss. He don't, if he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. He'll do something to trip you up. Because all it takes is one little stumble to start getting you to falter. And that's why it's so important to be in the house of God. And I applaud you on this Wednesday night for being in the house of God. But I know this. When you miss once, it's easy to miss twice. When you miss twice it's easy to miss three times and so goes the snowball. Let me tell you I love walking and I love running and I was on a kick here a while back last year but all it takes is one time going I'll do it tomorrow and before you know it it's been a year. Just like that. I do two sit-ups. In bed and out of bed. That's how I maintain this physique. But hear me when I say the path to hell is paved with good intentions. And there's going to be a lot of people 
that don't make it, that never planned on going to hell. You don't plan on going to hell. But let me tell you how you miss it. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Every day I'm pressing. Every day I'm pushing because I'm going from glory to glory. I'm going to become more like him. Come on, if you want that, stand to your feet and give God praise.